Hello and welcome back to Where Are All My Friends. I'm your host, Andrew Cram. This episode is with Neil Donnelly, who is the brand marketing manager at Young and Reckless, which is a clothing brand. But I am so excited for this episode, so much more than his job title. Now, we do talk a lot about what that job is, and it's a remarkably cool career to have. And he breaks that down, and I can't believe that I haven't had a brand marketing manager on the show before, because damn it, it's a cool career. More so than that, Neil is such a rad dude who has influenced culture in such a rad way. He grew up skateboarding, was into the graffiti scene, has been a part of the streetwear scene, has been a part of a podcast, started his own podcast. So hearing him tell his story was incredible. He also shares such a beautiful, insightful outlook on life and how your experiences stack up to bring you to what you're supposed to be doing and how every bit of those experiences are worth it and how he views life coming together in a really beautiful way. All in, I was just so inspired by him and he didn't even realize it, but being a part of Young and Reckless, I had watched that brand and watched drama do a lot of really cool things and referenced those. And we talk about those in the podcast and hear his perspective. So for me, as a fan of what they were doing, you kind of see this perspective of me learning in real time. So just an incredible episode, really proud of and stoked on this one. So I really hope you enjoy it as well. And with that said, I have podcast news. This is the first ever Where Are All My Friends where we have a freaking sponsor. We did it. The podcast has grown. We're here. And I can say this with so much excitement that this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. And that's so crazy. The podcast has grown enough to do that. Thank you for listening. And now let me freaking tell you about this because I'm hype. Nice. Where are all my friends? Neil Donnelly, Max Wild, Max Power. No, I need to stop. It's Neil Donnelly. We're here. I'm here. Thank you for being here. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited for this episode. I'm really excited for this one. Good. I, I have that. I think that as like the podcast host, you kind of have to say that, right? Like you wouldn't be like, I'm medium excited for this. Yeah, it would be kind of a bummer. It would start the podcast off on a little bit of a sour it note. Would, it would be not the vibe, but every now and then I wonder if listeners can tell because like right now I'm fucking excited. Like I like that. I know bits of your career, but not all of it. Sure. And they were, you've been around moments and culture and things that have inspired me. And those are my favorite episodes. So I wonder if a guest, like, could they tell that that wasn't the case? Like if I had somebody and I'm like, I'm excited to have you on. I don't know. But this one is like a, I'm fucking excited. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's yeah. genuine. It's really there. I hope it makes the episode better. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, and the the banter ahead of time, we're both Simpsons people. I don't know. I think I think there's going to be a lot of wait, wait, what moments, which I really like. There's a lot of crossover whenever you're, whenever you do something for a long period of time, especially if you put yourself into an industry, yeah. there's just bound to be crossover yeah. and ideas and things you're interested in, people you know, places you've been. But it's interesting for me because I came from the industry of music mm -hmm. and now I'm more in like creative agency and like it's all close. Does it really feel different? Well, no, yeah. but it's interesting because now I'm meeting the people that I respected the most where in music it was like, oh, cool. Great to meet you. 
And not that I was like trying to like social climb or anything like that, but just naturally I've now gravitated towards more people where I'm like, oh my God, tell me everything about this. Yeah. Whereas music was just like, oh, whatever. So it's interesting how that ties together and there is a lot of crossover, uh, but I wonder how far apart those worlds really are. Yeah. I think especially living in LA, it's a pretty small place. And then fashion, entertainment, music, it's all kind of the same thing now with the internet. Yeah. Everybody's kind of a content creator in some shape or form and it's just a different platform and the content of your creation is different but everyone's just making social content to try to sell some sort of product at the end of the day right like an album or and it's all it's not like you go to the record store and buy records or you go to a clothing store and buy clothing you still do those things too but you're just on the internet and you're in the mall all day you're just at the mall whether you're playing video games and you're in the arcade or you're like out on tillys.com buying clothes or you're listening to spotify like the computer is just like the mall the movie theater's there it's all there <laughs> that that's not really how it goes you start someplace and you think you want to do one thing and then you kind of grow and move but it's like you're moving on a moving landscape too because like you said like the internet's changing entertainment's changing music is changing like to be an artist now is totally different than being elvis yeah right like if you're elvis at a certain point back in the day, you had like, there was 10 people that were famous. That was it. And yeah. then that kind of changed. And now everybody's kind of famous in a, in a way, yeah. sort of. A guest of mine joked about that. He's like, can you imagine the Beatles on TikTok? Like, oh, yeah. No way, dude. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, there's no one that will ever be as famous as Michael Jackson. Right. There's no one that will ever be as famous as the Beatles again. Like, yeah. even these huge stars, Adele and, and you know, these kind of mega monster like the stars and would be close to like what the michael jackson is of this day and age <sighs> yeah but i don't know man because when michael jackson died like people in china that don't even speak english yeah were like weeping in the streets yeah, for weeks on end you know what i mean and and like uh, despite this man's torrid past yeah. like people were just like yeah, so heartbroken about this man dying because he was just so big and now they don't really like make artists that big anymore yeah the mystery has a lot to do with it. Like, you know what everyone's doing. You know where what everyone, like, their favorite thing to eat at Taco Bell is. Right. And, like, you didn't know that kind of stuff about other artists in the past. Yeah, that's so wild. I think that uh, instantly, just in talking to you, like, the way you observe culture is so fascinating to me. Like, you have a very unique take on, like, what you take away from these things. It's crazy. Hmm. What, what, what do you mean by that? Well, like, okay, so your observation of no one would be as famous as they are now and how you take away that or the internet being the mall. Like, oh, we're yeah. viewing the same things, but I'm like, whoa. Sure, yeah. I just kind of how my brain works. I mean, there'll never be anyone as famous as Michael Jackson. I can't really take credit for that. I don't think that's like a <laughs> profound <laughs> you idea. You here first. But I think I've always looked at culture uh, as this kind of enigma that I was interested in understanding, you know? Yeah. It's the stuff that you're interested in. Yeah. I've culture, always been in though. it's culture. Yeah, like I've always been interested in art and like counterculture. Yeah. I don't think there really is counterculture anymore either. Like there's no such thing. Like what's counterculture? I guess counterculture would be not being on the internet. Is that like live, laugh, love? Like is that the people that are just like at But you're but you and yeah, I guess like counter like I think everything's counterculture at some now? point. Cause like what is the most popular type of person to be? Like there's no real like homogenized normal person. Everyone has their own special interests and they live in certain parts of the internet. Yeah. Yeah. And they have specific friends. Like 
when we were in high school, I was born in 1988. So when I was in high school, it was like 2002. Yeah. There was only like 10 skateboarders that went to my high school and skateboarding was pretty popular. Like the X games existed, the gravity games, like it was pretty popular at the time. And there was still only like 10 skateboarders that went to my high school. And now there's like probably 60 skateboarders that are all sponsored that go to every school in LA, you know? But the same is like, you can live in like a certain part of the internet where you could walk outside and nobody knows who you are. Mm -hmm. And the second you sign online, there's people from all across the world that are just like, oh, I can't believe you're here right now. Yeah, it's the meme. It's the guy standing in the corner. It's like, nobody knows I'm. Yes, exactly, exactly. So like, I kind of got far away from the point, but I've always been interested in that. Like, I've always had interest in people that do cool stuff. Yeah. And I think that made me kind of want to be one of those people. Yeah. But it also made me just interested in why they do it or how they do it. Yes. Like when I was a kid, I remember asking one of my friends, I'd just gotten into graffiti and I asked my friend, like, how do you know like where artists are? Oh, wow. Like what, like what other artists are there? Yeah. This was before the internet. Like Especially, what other, like, yeah, that was very counterculture. Like uh, maybe like some independent zines and stuff like that. But like, yeah, that's a scene that you have to try to get into. And I just like, I, I don't know how to do it. You yeah. couldn't just like go on Google and be like graffiti and no, then learn about it. Not at all. And so that mystery was a little bit alluring. And then I've always just wanted to know kind of like what what is it that makes these people that I like? Mm-hmm. How do they do that stuff? Because you want to be that person. You want, I want to be like, I want people to think I'm cool. Yeah. And so it's like, well, how do you do that? Yeah. How did you get into this? How did you? It's like, like uh, the the never ending older brother effect or older yes. sibling effect. Did you have an older brother? I did. I had a half brother. So he's like much older than I am. And he wasn't like as much like the typical like. So he wasn't really like a part of your it, growth. It, the the older brother effect was not that. Fun. Yeah. I'd have little moments of it. Like he's 13 years older than I am. Okay. Different parents. So like half brother. Which at this age is probably a little bit, feels a little closer than it did when you were. Correct. 13. Like, I remember he had like a pickup truck with a subwoofer and I thought rap was cool. That's cool. Like, yeah. 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 But like I didn't like grow up with him. So I didn't see. Yeah. That. But like that effect, like you meet that kid that's that little bit older than you and they have that thing they're into. And yeah. you like, yo. I didn't have an older brother to teach me like what was cool music or, you know, what was like, how do you pick up chicks? Like yeah. none of that. So yeah. I think I kind of like sought it out in like all these different places with all these different people. Well, okay. So that's perfect because I kind of wanted to ask about like your early days of like leading up to what you're doing. And actually I, I got so in it. So normally I'll say for a listener who doesn't know who you are, a quick explanation of who you are and what you do. Sure. So right now who you are and what you're up to right now, explain that. And then we'll go back. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a brand manager and I work in marketing. Yep. I've always been interested in telling the story of a brand mm. from the ground up. Yeah. So I started out doing design and like creating logos cuz that always felt like an interesting part of storytelling. I was always interested in like really cool logos where you knew exactly what the brand did, yeah. but it was kind of uh it wasn't too overhanded. It felt a little subtle. It's like Oh, I can see how that's actually a wrench. Oh, these people must work in the oh, yeah. you know auto industry. So I've always been interested in telling a brand story. And so at this point in my career, I, I'm a brand marketing manager. I work for a company called Young and Reckless. We sell like young men's and and young women's clothing. The way I explain it to my parents' friends or you know the guy at the store is anything that you as a a customer or a fan see from us. Mm-hmm. 
is part of our brand story. And it's my job to make sure that our brand story is cohesive. So what we say, how we say it, what we look like on the internet, who we talk to, who we interact with, who we partner with, um, those are all things that kind of pass through me and to the team of people that I work with so that when you look at us, you know who we are and what we're about. So then when we, when you look to purchase something from us, you go, oh, this is what I'm buying into. This brand is this X, Y, Z. This is what they stand for. This is who they are. This is who I am going to be by participating in wearing this brand. Exactly. Like a, a great mentor of mine once told me that a brand image done well mm-hmm. feels like a person that you know. And so when you're trying to develop a brand image, just think like, who would this be as a person? So, you know, you think about, it's easy nowadays because everyone is a brand. Yeah. And so it's like, well, Andrew, like what's your personal brand? It's like yeah. it's pretty easy because you know what you like. Yeah, it's like cool, self-improvement, cars and fucking, I don't know, photography. Right, whatever. But the, and because and you know who you are as a person. Right. But when you're developing a brand and developing it with all the people that I've worked with in the past, it's like you have to answer questions like, do we like The Weeknd or do we like Drake? Right. Or do we like MGK? Yeah. Or do we listen to classical music? It's right. like, you have to answer those questions as like a brand. It's like, well, what does that even mean? Yeah. And so when I was taught that, like, just pretend it's a person. Who is this person? What are they like? And sometimes your brand is multiple people. Yeah. And that changes things a little bit. Yeah. But that's the way that I look at it. So who we are as a person, I guess, would be kind of the way that I describe my job. Tell me that title again. The, like the official, I'm the, like, the brand marketing manager. Brand so marketing you can manager. be a brand manager for a company, which means you kind of oversee all of the moving parts of a brand mm-hmm. and you touch all these different things, making sure that everything is running well. Yep. And like logistically. A little bit more. Yeah, yep. kind of. And then brand marketing manager is the same kind of thing, but just for the marketing department. Yeah. So it's, it's really kind of, I, I always say it's the fun stuff. Like yeah. I, it's one of the few bur- like jobs within a brand where you get to just do kind of fun things. Wow. Well, okay. So now like to explain why I'm so excited to have you on the podcast is I think that you're just a rad dude from the little interactions that we had. But in addition to that, your the job that you have is one that I haven't had on this podcast. Hmm. And as you explained it to me when we first met, I was like, that's fucking cool. And my idea with this podcast is to share all sorts of creative careers to like have a look into that and help people kind of find that thing that they love. And I just loved your mind and how you explained that. So what better person to explain that job? But then also with Young and Reckless, that's a brand that I've been familiar with for a long time. And I've yeah. seen that journey and it's kind of interacted with my life in a couple different ways. So I'm like really curious to hear, like you've been there, I mean, almost since day one, right? Like you're not, pretty, not quite. Okay. So we've been around for this is year 13 or 14. I'm not too good at math. But I've been there. This will be my eighth year. Okay. So I mean, the brand was like pretty like, established by the time okay. that I got there. But you have time in now. So yeah, you most like definitely. Very okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like just that, and then also just your understanding of culture. So for all those reasons, I'm just like, yo, fuck yes. So having explained that now, I guess take me back that little bit. You started to like allude allude to it a little bit, but like skateboarding, graffiti. But like, did you grow up here in California? Like, what what got you to the point of caring? I grew up in Riverside, oh, okay. which is like a suburb of, I guess, kind of LA. It's pretty far away, but we are a city, but we're not quite a city. Yeah. If you live there, it feels like a city until you move to a real city. And you're <laughs> like, okay, this is kind of just like a place where people live. Yeah, There's a 
there's a culture and, and there's a community and stuff. But I grew up in Riverside. It's a great place. I grew up skateboarding and doing graffiti and and kind of like street art. Very early on, I got inspired by skateboarding because my neighbor did it. Oh, yeah. And he was like, so the, that was like the older brother. Yeah. He was just like the coolest. I mean, I'd see him and his friends smoking cigarettes and like drinking beer and, and skating a box in the front yard when they were like 15. And I was like, dude, this is just like the coolest thing I've ever seen, you know? And you're like 13. I think I, I was probably like two or three years off from them. Yeah. yeah. So I started when I was 13 and it just so happened that the year that I started a skate shop opened up like a mile from my house. Oh, wow. And so I just turned into a, like a total skate shop rat and I'd go there every day and like bother the dude that owned it and just like ask him a million fucking questions. Yeah. This place is called Crooks. It's still open to this day. So it's been open for 20, I think this is 23 years. No, this is 20, this might be 22. It opened in 2001. Wait. So it's 21. They just turned 21. Yeah, that's it. So they're old enough to drink. It's the best. A brand is a person. They're old a enough brand to is drink. a person. So I just grew up skateboarding and then that kind of led me into street art. Around the same time, Obey as Sh Shepherd Fairy as Obey the artist yeah. was getting really big. Yeah. He hadn't started the clothing brand yet, but he was like the biggest yeah. street artist from kind of our neck of the world doing this new street art where it was just like icon based, where yeah. graffiti and and is a lot of text and iconography, but he kind of took a branded approach almost like a business to what he was doing where he was just posting the giant everywhere and the whole idea was like you weren't supposed to know what it was you were supposed to seek out what it meant and i always thought that was really cool this idea of like creating something that causes people to do something as as kind of manipulatively yeah, just but like very strategically. Like yes. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started doing wheat pacing around Riverside and that was awesome. And then moved to LA sometime later after kind of growing up and going to high school and started working in the industry and kind of like made my way to where I am now through a bunch of jobs in between. When you said crooks, like I don't know. I grew up in Florida, so there's a lot of like Southern California culture that I mm -hmm. saw from early internet and early inspirations, but I'm tying it together now. Mm -hmm. There's no way that that's crooks and castles. Is no, it? but but I work for them as well. What the fuck? Which is like very odd. <laughs> yeah, like so crooks is a skate shop in Riverside. Okay. 2001, been there forever. Um, and then actually when I moved to LA, yeah. a friend of mine was interning at crooks and castles and they needed another retoucher. And I had just learned how to use Photoshop and he was like, you're my friend, you're cool. I'll teach you how to do it. And so I got a job working for the the e-commerce side of Crooks and Castles. And it's where I learned how to like, learned all my photography skills, learned all my retouching skills, just like working in a warehouse eight hours a day as an intern for like six months. And then I got a job Holy like shit. right out of there. Wow. Yeah. And what like that, I mean, they were early. The reason that I was thinking that and I was trying to put it together is I remember them as an early, like around the time of the hundreds, like one of the very first cool streetwear brands that was a little bit more mainstream, like on the other side of the country, you'd, you'd know of what Crooks and Castles was. Yeah, they what were one year, of the first. What era was that that you were around that? I started at Crooks and Castles in 2012. 
maybe oh. 2011. That's a good time for like early, like, I don't know. I just, I think of like the Tumblr days and like yeah. discovery of cool shit on the internet was like a really nice moment there. Yeah, that was right when brands started to realize the importance of having e-commerce. Yeah. Because people weren't using the internet to shop yet. Mm -hmm. And Nate, who's one of my mentors, he went to them and was like, hey, I can build you guys a website and like we could start a store. And they were they they were just into it. And it crushed for years, dude, until wow. they closed the doors. Wow. So like by them being early and embracing it early, like it was a huge blessing. Like they were totally wow. Cause they were they were riding both sides of the spectrum at the time, which a lot of brands don't do much anymore, which is they were still getting a bunch of orders from big box stores. I can't remember exactly who, but brand or companies like the PacSuns and the Tillys and the Zoomies yeah. and the Buckle and those places. Yeah. Big mall stores, mall core stores were still ordering tons of stuff because that's where most people were shopping. Yep. But then they started this other place. They started a, a box store inside of the internet, yes. which like we thought of like was so weird at the time. Um, where you make more money, it costs less money to do everything, and the world is kind of open for business. So that was not quite the beginning of e-commerce, but um, in the streetwear world, they were one of the first. Them, Diamond, the hundreds, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the That's, first people to do it. How wild! Like randomly, that you were a part of that, and now to tie into like where you're at, like I feel like that had to have been so foundational for you, like learning those bits. Yeah, I think anywhere you work, if you're trying to stay within the same industry, you will find has been crucial to your development. Like if you're on some sort of, if you have some loose plan, yeah, everything you learn will kind of stack up to get you where you need to be. Right. Like there's no way that version of you could have gone back and been like, this is going to be the most strategic thing I could do. You're like, oh, sick. Like I'll intern here and learn some Photoshop stuff. Seems good. Yeah. You and never later. know. You can't, you, you can have a plan, but like, you know, what is that Mike Tyson quote? Like everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> like you get, you take like that kind of, you'll take a beating. Right getting to wherever you need to go. That's really funny. I've never heard that. But yeah, like, it's, that's so it's much. pretty, pretty true, man. You just hope wherever you're at, you're learning something. And that was always my goal from the beginning. And I wanted to start a brand at first. And I was like, well, if I want to be a creative director, I need to know how to do everything, mm. which I've changed my mind a little bit on that, but it served me well to this point. And it's who I am at this point. So I started out doing photography and retouching and learning how to use Photoshop. And then I became a designer and then I became a social media person and all of those things kind of stacked up. Yeah. They add up to where I'm at right now so that when things need to be done, I know how to do them so I can find the right person because I know what that person needs to be. Yeah, you or, know how to not get taken advantage of. You yeah. know what good work is. You know what bad work is. You have I know how long something should take. Yeah. I know if, how much something should cost. Okay. Wow. Yeah. This ties into another part of you from me, like meeting you and then doing a little bit of research that I'm fascinated by is in discovering more about you, like what you just said there, like you've done a lot of things mm -hmm. and I've seen some of that, like something like you did a podcast Yeah. for a second, like you did a, you tried a vlog series Yeah. that was really 
fucking good. Thanks. The perfect day. Discovering what a perfect day was. Yeah, it felt, uh, you know, looking back on it, I was just trying to rip off Casey Neistat at the time. I was like really into Casey Neistat. Interesting. But for me, what it was like, and I knew this at the time too, the goal was how do I learn how to tell a story? Yeah. Visually. Yeah. um, Because my job and my interest hinge on me being able to tell a story well. And so it's like, well, what's the cheapest way to learn how to tell a story? Just like get a camera and tell a story about your own life. Oh my God. Because then you don't have to like write a script. You don't have to like get other people involved in it if they don't want to be. And you're already going to go out and live your own life. And I was really interested in vlogs at the time. Yeah. Like watching, this was in the, this was like the Casey Neistat heyday where he was doing a vlog every single day. And you're like watching him as kind of, you know, whether he was purely entertainment or someone that you look toward for advice or this idol that you said like one day I'll be just like him he was kind of like all those things for me at one point him and all these other vloggers that were doing the same thing I was like this is so cool they're making a living just telling stories about their life seems pretty simple and straightforward yeah I was like I'll try that maybe that's the thing that I'll enjoy doing the most and it was really fun and it taught me a ton about editing and how to tell a story beginning middle and end yes what people are interested in i saw that and i guess like the thing that stands out to me about that and what i'm so curious of is maybe i personally relate a lot to what i assume your story is sure i've always been very like the same thing like i wasn't into graffiti but skateboarding Mm -hmm. i found skateboarding in cars and like i was born in 90 and went to school on a little bit of a different time frame. So like similar high school days and all that. So like the internet development and like similar time frame. Found skateboarding early. All the cool kids did it. Didn't really have the older brother, but like it was just the thing. And I loved yeah. doing it. That kind of got me into music and cars and then photography. Like those things all went into it. And like skate videos showed me rad music. And then I wanted to learn how to film. And throughout all of it, I've been very fulfilled. And it's not like I'm like, one day I'll find my calling. But I tried a lot of things. Like I wasn't the kid that picked up a guitar and played guitar for the rest of his life. I tried so many things. I think that's most people's case. You think? Yeah, like you look at people, like you look at a Billie Eilish Mm -hmm. or, you know, I think she's a great example where she found something she really loved and cared about Mm. and got good at it Mm. over time. Her brother was a part of that journey, so they had bonded already probably as brother and sister. Yeah. And then she had someone to go on this journey with, and now she's, you know, the biggest star, yeah. you know, in the stratosphere. And Not as big as Michael Jackson. Not as big as Michael Jackson. That's for sure. <laughs> That's a callback, right? That's a, that is a callback, but not really to a good joke or anything, but <laughs> something we talked about. I think those people are lucky, and I think those people are few and far between. Like, mm. you don't often find someone that's like, the first thing I tried was like the best thing I'd ever done. I've always idolized those people. I've always yeah. thought that that was like the cool path. Like, Dude, that'd be great. Be nice. And there are definitely things that if you don't catch early on, mm-hmm. it's not going to work out. Yeah. Like there, there are windows, whether we like to believe it or not, yeah. there are windows for success where if you get past a certain window, you're not going pro, man. It's right. just not going to work. Exactly. You have to come to terms with that skateboarding. Yeah, like, for sure. If you're not killing it by like your late teens. Yeah. If you're not the best kid in your friend group, it's probably not going to work out. Yeah. Unless you're one of them and you guys are all incredible. 
um, then maybe it will. But I think I learned that really early on. I was not good at skateboarding. Right. I loved it with all my heart. Yeah. And it changed me. I worked at the shop for years. It is part of who I am. But at some point I was like, I want to still do this, but I can't go skate with all my friends anymore because they're so good. We go to like a 13 stair, like, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> it's like, I'm already it. sitting here. So I picked up a camera and I was like, all right, I'll just start taking photos of everybody. Oh wow! And then that was the way to kind of stay in the loop. And it was like, it made sense creatively. I was good at it, you know, after some time of getting to work it. Yeah. And should happen with a lot of stuff. Mm. If you know you're in the right place, maybe you aren't the best XYZ, but you'd be way better at something else. Yeah you have to be open to life surprising you Mm. and taking a complete U-turn because if you knew what you wanted, it would be a miracle. Yeah, I think we're convinced that we know what we want Uh and then you're presented with what you actually want. Mm. And you're like, oh, I didn't really want to, you know, be a movie star. I just wanted to hang out with my friends all day and make silly videos. Holy shit. Right. And you're like, yeah. oh, maybe I'm the guy behind the camera. Maybe this is way more fulfilling. You find out that the thing that maybe has the less glamorous title is actually all of the points that you gave a shit about. And it's yeah. the most fulfilling part. Yeah. And if you are confident enough in yourself to agree to that, yeah. I think it makes life a lot easier. Yeah. Holy right. Shit. Like once you realize, oh, maybe I'm not the guitarist. But like I could be the manager and I still get to do pretty much everything the guitarist does except be on TV um, and I probably make more money and uh, I don't have to, you know, perform, which I'm not good at anyways. Right. And I still get to hang out with my friends and go on tour and tell girls that I'm a cool guy Uh and like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like you find like you hanging out with your friends skateboarding, like you still had the same camaraderie. You're still talking about the same things. You're still paying attention to the same culture and you're still skating, but like maybe you're not the one that's fucking doing the trick in the Yeah. And I think people, I think people are afraid of becoming who they actually want to be because they're worried that other people will shame them for not becoming what they all thought they should be. Like I still go to the shop every time I go to Riverside and everybody knows I'm not going to skate and nobody cares. Yeah. there I'm there. I talk about videos. I yeah. still talk shit about everything that's going on in the industry. We look through magazines. We talk about the newest, you know, part that got put on the internet. And then they'll all jokingly ask me to go skate. I'll tell them no. And then they'll just be like, all right, whatever. And, and then that's it. Yeah. And then it's fine. Nobody cares. Yeah. And you're still just as fulfilled. And yeah. And it's ju- still- it was just as fun. And I don't have to like maybe get a new knee in two years. So, I think figuring out what you want to do, if you can get it out of the way, go for it. But if it takes time, it doesn't mean you're late and it doesn't mean it's never going to happen. And in many ways, your experience, I think, speaks to this as well. You know better where you're supposed to be is the right place because you've gone through a bunch of different things and picked up good stuff and bad stuff. And you've learned more about yourself as you go along. Like you hear stories about child stars. I think part of the reason a child star falls so far from grace, not only because they were kids and their childhood was kind of changed and potentially taken from them, but they didn't know what they wanted to do. Yeah. Like 
how a lot of child stars are like, yeah, I liked, you know, I was a ham and I liked acting mm -hmm. in front of my parents. And so my parents put me in auditions and this and that. And then you hear about like other stars where they do one movie and then they go and become a veterinarian because they were like, I did not like that. That mm. was terrible. Mm -hmm. And they kind of dodged the bullet of their life getting ruined yeah. because they got stuck in a weird little rut from the beginning. So I think you might be luckier taking that path and like meeting all these different kinds of people and figuring out what you really like yeah. than like just being stuck. Well, okay. So that, like, so with you saying that so beautifully, I guess the theme and pattern that I see in your life that I relate to so heavily is like, you've tried a lot of shit. You yeah. tried vlogging, you tried a podcast, yeah. you've done this, you've skateboarded, you've done graffiti. So like, as your journey has progressed, the way you explain your job and what you do, like, I feel like you're just a wizard at it. Like you have this beautiful understanding of it, but like, are you at a spot now where with all of what you've tried and understood you've found more of that purpose and a way to express that and be a part of the culture that you care about or do you think that you will always continuously be down to try stuff i think that's kind of just part of who i am like yeah. i'm interested in a lot of different stuff yeah and if there's something i like and i think about adding my own spin to it or mm. how could i participate in it on yeah. a different level oh, shit. i'll always kind of try yeah and when things work i might pursue them further and if I enjoy something, I'll for sure pursue it further. But I think that there will come a time and there are things in my life that I focus on and will kind of be a constant throughout my life. Mm. But I'm, you know, I'm down to clown, man. I'm here to have a good time. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. God. I and just... so like, why not just do something fun in the middle? Make sure you can pay your bills and stuff. Or maybe not. <laughs> if something calls you, go for it that makes a better life like a lot of people's lives are especially like our parents or our parents parents were like kind of one note mm. like my mom god bless her mm. was had the same job for like 40 years holy shit and like and that was kind of common dude it was super common and it was stable and it made a life that i could live yeah but i don't know if i could do that yeah especially with how many opportunities exist in the world and just kind of the way my brain works like i'm always looking at stuff like oh that'd be fun that'd be fun so like why not go for it you know and if it's all leading towards somewhere that's great yeah and if it's not who cares well what's fucking crazy as i understand your story is like you're saying like a way that i can participate if i think that i can add something to it right yeah so like in you picking up a camera around skateboarding and you wheat pasting or getting into graffiti and you trying vlogging, all these things I'm realizing now as I talk to you has made you that much better at all the stuff you're interested in. So it's not necessarily like, oh, I tried this and I completely failed. It was you just being like, oh, fuck, I, I love culture. I love being around these things. So I'm going to do it. And then you learn from it and then you keep going and you keep adding to it. And that is you. And like, that's all together. Like you just loving culture and being a part of it. Yeah, I think if you're following what interests you and you have some general plan, yeah. I don't think you can like go off the rails completely yeah. in a hundred different directions and expect something to kind of tie everything together. Yeah, like you kind of have to have some focus, at least when you're doing the thing. Yeah, and yeah. I think that focus could be logically where you're like, oh, I kind of want to go in this direction. Or it could just be a better understanding of yourself. Like mm -hmm. if you know what you like yeah. and you truly like it and you're not doing something to 
to be cool or because other people are doing it or because you're afraid. Yeah. If you're doing stuff that you're generally interested in, you will kind of reveal yourself to yourself. Like there's this incredible outlook on art in the Western world versus the Eastern world. And in the Western world, when we think about how art is made, commonly we think of like a blank canvas and then you add to that canvas to create something great. Whereas in the Eastern world, a lot of art is seen as a slab of marble and things are weaned away from it to reveal what it truly is. And I think like the older I get, the more I realize finding out what you like is important if you're really in tune with yourself, you probably know what you are interested in. If you quiet down all of the opinions of other people in relation to what you like, you'll know, hey man, whether it's cool or not, like I'm really into the Great British Bake Off. Like I just really like it. Yeah, yeah. And if you understand that about yourself, a lot of life is just paring away all the stuff you don't really give a shit about. And then you'll find like, oh, you know what job would be great? A brand marketing manager. It's like all this stuff I kind of like. I like to tell a story. I know how to do this. I know how to do that. I don't have to own a brand. I don't have to slug it out with all these other brands that are like trying to make their way. I don't have to keep inventory at my house. I get to work with different people to tell different kinds of stories. I get to meet different people and hear their story and interpret it and help them along the way and telling that story to other people. It's all rad. Yeah, it kind of like shows itself as things go along. Like for you, you were like, maybe I like music. Maybe that's the industry I want to be a part of. Uh And you did it for a while and then you were like, hmm, I've been kind of a part of this other world. Yeah. And I think maybe that's a direction I go. And instead of going, oh no, man, like maybe that's bullshit. It feels like you understood yourself and you were like, I think I like it. Yeah. And so I'm just going to go for it. And then now you found yourself in the world of podcasting. Well, bro, like, I mean, you nailed that on the head without even knowing. But like, I always said my favorite part of working with music uh, bands and I could never play. But I loved the idea of helping exceptional people do shit that they couldn't do on their own. Yeah. So I was tour managing bands. I'd help them get to the show and get sorted. And they couldn't do that on their own. They hated that. Yeah. And then managing artists and signing artists. Like I was helping with the parts that they couldn't do. And then with the podcast, I was like, wait. I can share conversations and inspire people to do things they wouldn't otherwise be able to do and accomplish new things. That's my favorite part. And it's in a different form. So it's literally what you're saying. I never would have thought that, but I find it so much more fulfilling than the same thing that I was trying to achieve in music. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. And it just kind of shows you're going in the right direction. Yeah. I like, I don't necessarily believe in fate, but I believe in this idea that History proves the past to be true. Whenever you get in a place where you're like, fuck, man, I don't know if I should be doing a podcast. Like, I don't know if this is really where I'm supposed to be right now. It's like, just think about what got you here. And you're like, oh, well, of course I'm supposed to be here. Right? Like, I worked in music. I slugged it out and figured out how to make a career out of it. I worked there for a while. I started to kind of imagine what my life would be like if I was talking to people that I was interested in. XYZ further and now I'm here, right? Yeah. Like all everything kind of adds up if you're listening yes. to yourself and you're like kind of trying to tune out what might be working for other people at right. the time. And you're right. like, or other you know people's what? opinions of who you are, what you should be. Things yeah. just constantly 
hopefully will point you in the right direction if you're if you're kind of in tune with that. That is such a beautiful way to say that. Like everything you shared here, like so much of the theme of this podcast is that. And I think the way you broke that down and share the story is so fucking relatable and so cool. Like, they typed that whole thing on a fortune cookie that I got before I got here. Dude, is that that's uh um I've been to that. It's uh I forget the name of that Chinese restaurant. They Panda have the Express. Best, yes, they have the best fortune cookies. Yeah. 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 That you go there too. The rest of this podcast is probably going to be garbage. It's, <laughs> there's only so the much. Fortune yeah. cookie ran out. There's only so much they can put on it. They only <laughs> give you three. It's like I ordered two combos. <laughs> yeah, two combos. Yeah, three. Or double orange chicken, yep. half and half, yep. and they were beef and broccoli with a general so half and half. But I do half white rice, half fried rice. Yeah. Do you get any lo mein or is that? That's the half and half. I do chow mein. Oh, okay. And fried rice on okay. one, and then. White. white rice and fried rice on the other okay. i'm a sucker for fried rice yeah that's good three fortune cookies i'm like dude i'm on a podcast for an hour yeah and you've got what like 35 40 minutes of material and that's it fuck yeah maybe i have a pivot here maybe plug an ad right now okay and just dump an ad in there actually that's great because we have a sponsor so then maybe if it fits here then diana we just go it is with great pleasure that I say that support for Where Are All My Friends is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products and precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use W-A-A-M-F 20. God, that feels so cool to say. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Boom. Specifically with Young and Reckless. Mm -hmm. Because this is fascinating to me where um, in my journey, I found short story long pretty early on into it coming to be a podcast. Drama. How did you find it? A mentor of mine in music, uh, his name is Johnny Minardi, comes up a lot on this podcast. Big shout out to him. Love him. Him and I have always kind of been into like the personal development improvement thing. And he sends me the Deer Deck episode. And he was like, yo, remember that show, uh, Fantasy Factory? I was like, yeah, of course. And he's like, yeah, the dude Drama did a podcast and he's like super smart and he talks to Rob. It's crazy. And I was yeah. like, oh shit. It's the first time I found a podcast that wasn't like the, uh, I don't know. Like I just felt like podcasts were a little different. Like it was like a specific science thing or it would tell you a thing and it wasn't so conversational. And I didn't realize that like young people in culture were talking like that. So I heard it and I was like, oh my God, listen to that one. And then I listened to the P-Rod one and a couple others. And I was like, these are all the people that I grew up loving and yeah. the drama's like actually Same. so smart. Like, wow. Like his whole thing. He's like, yeah, people thought I was an idiot. And then I started a show and like, I actually care about this and it worked. Yeah. And I was like, oh my I God. I mean, how yeah. smart do you have to be to play an idiot on TV and let people think you're stupid? Right. So you can make a ton of money and like develop a career off of a TV show where everyone thought you were a fucking moron. Dude. It's brilliant. It's fucking it really like, is. so much endless respect. Yeah. So and you meet drama for five minutes and you're like oh that was a character and then the best part is you feel like a fucking idiot <laughs> for thinking like yeah reality tv is not real yeah he played it so well where yeah you're of like, course i got fucking got yeah but uh yeah so i found that podcast loved it like so inspired huge inspiration to me starting a podcast yeah. and in that 
uh, I I would see Young and Reckless. It actually they had sponsored South. They they had sponsored like a random party at South by Southwest when I was deep in music world, and I had seen the brand. They they launched it on the show, so I had known it. I can remember the flyer, but I don't remember who was on the show. Right, it, the flyer I, looked like a hamburger. Yeah, and it was yellow. Holy I, fuck! I don't remember who was on the show. Maybe Post Malone. No, it wasn't that big. No, I mean, granted, it was a while ago, and he wasn't as big as he is now. But. Yeah. But yeah, Something. It was we like used to something. do a lot of stuff with, with South by Southwest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. So I remember like little ebbs and like it's it's YNR has just showed up in my life in these crazy moments. And I think the thing that I was curious for, for of you is you explained so well what you do, but it's actually with a brand that I understand and I've seen different evolutions of the brand. Mm-hmm. So I'm so curious of like your view on these times and these eras so for me to go back to when i found that i remember ynr and ecom was huge drama was promoting the brand on the podcast and they were doing a lot of like i could probably tell that he was trying to like kind of like maybe me on this podcast of like he was definitely trying to learn himself and 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 like figure things out and tell compelling stories but he also used it in a very non-cheesy way to promote the brand and every now and then they do like really fun videos like super stupid skits and shit like that and i'm curious like what it looked like for you around that time and what your strategy was and like what your take on that era of the brand was and how you've continued to evolve it in your role yeah. Because it is a brand that I understand. So we don't have to talk of like the figurative. I know that and like yeah. specifically. So I think that would have been around like 2018. Were you there? Yeah. So at that time, I was in the middle between being a social media manager and then being my role right now. Oh wow. So you were like really just stepping into it. Yeah. And so like cool. all those stupid, all those stupid sketch videos, yeah. me and my buddy Soup used to make all of those. That was y'all? Yeah. They so, were so good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. They were fun. That's like some of the best times we ever had. Oh Soup my and I God. always joke that we just got paid to tell jokes on TV. Like we would just make a crazy, we'd come up with a crazy idea and pitch it to drama. And a lot of times he was like, this is terrible. And then a lot of times, the other times rather, he'd be like, okay, that's the one. And dude, we on the company dime bought like explosives, mm-hmm. breakaway glass. Like mm-hmm. we built a wall that someone was supposed to jump through. We we like had dudes doing wheelies on Harleys. Like we bought a katana off of Amazon and like chopped up a bunch of stuff and like, like put a chainsaw through a, a computer and like, some of the best times at Young and Reckless yeah. was that era. Really? Yeah, for That's sure, so man. Cool to hear because I, from the outside, I would like reference YNR at that time, and I'm like, people need to like have more fun like this. Yeah. So that's crazy to hear. So the the marketing mind of Reckless before and kind of during when I became the brand marketing manager, it was always drama. Like drama always had a kind of a bigger vision, and I think. In the same way I was describing you and your own personal brand as simpler mm. because you understand who you are and you know what you want. Yeah. Drama always had that for the brand. The brand was his baby. Oh, so whenever wow. there was a question of like, what do we do? How do we act? Who are we? If a brand is a person, he knew that person. He, he was friends with that person. That person was like part of him. Wow. Right? Yeah. He was changing and growing as a as a human being, but he always had like this vision of what he wanted the brand to be. Mm. And drama is super funny. 
He knows what's funny. Mm -hmm. And at some point during the evolution of the internet and social media, we were like, oh, funny videos crush. They crush online. And so he kind of just gave us carte blanche to come up with crazy ideas and then make them. Wow. And so that was kind of part of that. As it relates to the podcast, I think he was growing as a person. The business was growing. The TV show was over. He had changed a lot. Like he was on a TV show for, you know, pardon the math. I don't, I'm not sure the real number, but like probably six or seven years. Cause I think been a while. there was, was, I think there was like five ish seasons of fantasy, of fantasy factory. factory. And then he was on, I think one or two seasons of Robin big. And so he was like a television star for yes. a good part of his life. And then the show ended and he was like, kind of wanted to put that behind him doing TVs, like really fucking tiresome. The whole world thinks you're an idiot. And so in public, they treat you like you're an idiot. No shit. They, not like insultingly, but everyone's his friend. And then they, you know, if, if there's like some sort of insult on TV, they're going to bring that up and kind of like, cause like we're all in on the joke together and you're right. like, yeah, but like I'm a lot. I, I, Would you like watch that happen? In real time? I never watched anyone like really disrespect him, yeah. but dude, we'd go to the LA County fair and like this guy got stopped as much as Bieber. It felt like at a certain point where it was like every we'd go and he was always super cool. He'd always take photos with everyone, but you know, you'd walk 50 yards and it would be a new person like, Hey, can I get a picture? No, sure. So that was cool. It was like interesting to see that kind of part of the world. But with the podcast, he was changing. He was leaving that kind of behind. He was putting the business in a place where it had sure footing if he was gone. Yeah. And he realized that talking to other people who had done great business things related to this quality of our brand that's always been surrounding dreams mm. and doing more with your life and like chasing these crazy ideas you have. Yeah. And it was also a way for him to tap into people that normally wouldn't be part of our circle yeah to glean information and learn from them and how was that for you like like strategically as you saw that coming in and you mm -hmm. saw these people coming in and you saw like a new medium that you could promote the brand mm -hmm. was that fun for you with a, like such a good understanding of all things culture and your role as you're stepping into it was that like a fun challenge or am i overhyping it and it was just another small vertical of the business i don't think it was a small vertical of the business but it was definitely its own silo mm. and it was his special project got it that we touched in very minor ways like he pitched the idea of doing a podcast and needed a name. And yeah. so like we would all talk about it and then someone had a great idea and then it's like, okay, we need a logo. And so like our designer at the time design soup, the same guy that like did all the funny videos with me, he like designed the the logo for the business. Sick. And then he would occasionally take our input on like guests. I'd mm -hmm. be like, Hey, this dude seems to be kind of traveling in the same circuit. Yeah. Maybe you could get him. So in that way, we kind of all saw it happening, yeah. but it was never on our list of responsibilities. It. it was never like a, a week over week concern of our business. Like we were always aware of it going on, but our yeah. responsibility was still with fashion and yeah. the industry. Interesting. Interesting. So it was like, it was just another like champion in your corner. It was like, oh, cool. We have this other special project that helps with the brand. Mm -hmm. And you guys were empowered to do the brand and he was empowered, empowered to do the podcast. Yeah. And the goal was always how do they cross promote each other? Yeah. And so there was a little bit more of like a bleed into each other. I'd say around 2018, 2019, we started doing a couple events where we did like a big event where we had a bunch of speakers. 
all of it surrounded like self-improvement, self-empowerment, kind of grind mode, hustle mentality stuff. Yeah. You built, you did like the build your empire events and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was when I just started in my role that I'm in now. Cool. And so I was doing producing it yeah uh, like art directing with all of the designers oh no way so that cool like desert stage thing yeah that was fun that? yeah no way uh, yeah yeah like that was one of the the first times i'd ever done a live event no way dude that was so good yeah was thank a photo you booth and everything yeah it was fun man it was crazy to think i can't take all the credit for it it was it was me and a team of probably about four or five of us that put it all together and it was by all accounts, an incredible event. It looked great. It incre everybody I went, had a I good went time. as a fan. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Seemed like everybody had a good time. The amazing. speakers were incredible. incredible. It was fun, man. It was uh, really fun. And as a fan, uh, the um, the the quality of people you brought out, like I made mm -hmm. a point to like talk to people and yeah. meet people and everyone there was so like posy mindset, rad to talk to. Like it was a good audience. Like it was yeah. a really special thing. That's yeah. cool that you were a part of that. Yeah. And and that's one of those things that I add to my list of stuff I've done. Fuck yeah. N not not so much to make myself feel good or boost my ego, but as a reminder that like this is something you could do again. Wow. And or like, what did you learn? Like, dude, that event was really I'd never done anything like it, so it was really hard for me to do. Really? Drama is one of those people where he's like, you're smart, you're capable, this is what needs to be done. I've never done it, oh, like, so good luck. Figure it out. Yeah, like, he's like, I don't know how to do this. Yeah, like, not as an asshole, but just being like, yo, no, he's like, I know you got this, but like, you're the guy that, get this. Yeah, he's like, if there's anyone here to do it, you're the guy, so good luck. And I'd go to him with, you know, for advice or, or what What do we do? What do we do here? And, and he had always had a lot to to input and was definitely a huge part of that event existing as well yeah but i'd never done anything like it and so it was really difficult and so having done it looking back on it you're like oh it, you just got to break it down and like try to figure out what works and what doesn't and yeah. i learned a bunch I, there was like a bunch of little mini failures in that event oh, really? too well for a listener too it was a live podcast it was like a day almost like a music festival of like podcast and guests and talks and topics yeah. So it was like all the all-star guests of this podcast with topics and conversations, like a, a an all-day podcast a thon. Yeah. But then like specific topics and specific guests and different formats. Yeah, it was like a seminar yeah. where there was programming on the hour with different guests speaking to to your point, like mm -hmm. different parts of their industry or um, different like brand components. Yeah. So to you were basically producing an all day festival. Like mm -hmm. it was a live event. It had a set, it had a backdrop, it had mm -hmm. a stage, it had audience. It, it like you were producing like a full on live event. Yeah. 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 What and were some of the failures? Cause as a, as a oh, spectator, dude. I didn't catch any. Oh, that's great to hear, man. I, there was like some issues with sound and some like timing overlaps. Mm. And then the last speaker he had like this full visual presentation mm. and the AV team at the venue was like, oh, we've never done anything like this. So we'll just leave it to you. No and way. I was like, I've, if you've never done this, I've never done this. And they were like, well, good luck. And so we tried to do it and it just kind of like parts of it worked, parts of it didn't. The dude is this guy, Nick Santanasasso. He was like born without legs. Oh. And he has like one 
good arm I and remember. one smaller arm. Yeah. But he's just like this kind of fucking powerhouse of a dude yeah. that's like, you know, don't let anything get in your way type of dude. So he made it seem effortless. I can't take credit for you not noticing the failures <laughs> because he brought all the attention onto himself and kind of like jumped that hurdle pretty effortlessly. Wow. But there was just like a lot of like we we built out a booth for the merch mm. and it didn't fit through the door. Oh fuck. And like I never I'd never thought about that. Oh I never God. considered that like I wouldn't be able to fit the booth through the door. So at the very last minute we had to like cut it in half and like you make half of it and like it worked. Nobody I never would have Yeah, no that. everyone was none the wiser, but that's one of those things I look back and I'm like all these other things I've done in my life kind of added up to that. Like mm. putting on skateboarding demos, like building installations for art galleries as an artist, being a designer. How do I talk with the design team about what we want this to look like? Yeah. like we went back and forth over that kind of stuff. Building out the set, being able to deal with all of these different kinds of people and like everyone's idiosyncrasies and what they need and, you know, um, yeah, it, it was it felt like a culmination of like a lot of those different things, but it's super cool. I, I don't know if I would ever try to do it again because it was it was hard and it was something that I, I don't think I felt too tied to mm, in my soul yeah. in my in my soul. Right. Like it was like your like the series of events that you had done in your life led you to be qualified and figure it yeah. out. However, it's not like you were a podcast guy. It's not like that was your calling to make that event. You were helping your friend. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it, and it was something that worked and I was grateful that it worked out and glad that I did it and I feel proud of it. Yeah. But holy smokes, man. Yeah. Like I see event planners now and I'm just like, I know I went to a wedding the other week and it was like, you know, multi-million dollar wedding, incredible, yeah. looked amazing. And I went and talked with the wedding planner and I was like, I know what this took. That's crazy. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like this you is have crazy. Like a look in your eye. Yeah, like, dude. Thank you. Yeah, this is crazy. So, but that's the great part about Reckless. Like I've learned how to do so many different types of things Yeah. that I don't think I would have been able to do in like a corporate environment. Like you work at Apple, you work at Spotify or like one of these bigger places. Your job is your job. Yes. They And there's benefits to that where like you don't have to do other people's work. You get to clock out at a certain time and you don't have to worry about it. Yep. But at Reckless, it was like, hey, we're putting on a seminar. Yeah. That's your job now. And I yeah. was like, You're what like, the uh, fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. that's insane. Yeah. But um, after all said and done, like it was great. It was a great experience. Yeah, that's so cool. That's it's really cool to hear it on this side because like that this feeling, this is why I was excited. It's like you have been a part of things that have literally impacted my life and been a part of my life. That's so, so cool, to man. To hear the other side of it, I'm just like, holy fuck. And also, thank you. Oh, yeah, yeah. I got paid. <laughs> yeah, well, great. Yeah, it was fun. Um, with that, I it's funny as you were saying that, I literally had a call with somebody who listens to the podcast and is aspiring to be a manager like right before you got here. And I hadn't articulated this and you kind of just said it and it, I hadn't articulated this until I had said it to her and I was like, oh fuck. And it, it was almost a regret in my life, but I think you embody this so well, is the only regret that I had was as I was doing things in my career, some of them that my heart and soul weren't in, I was doing to check off the to-do list box. So like figure out production fulfillment logistics. I don't give a fuck about that. Yes, I can figure it out. Yes, I'm smart and I have these skills and I can get it done. But now the regret that I look back on that I told her, tried to advise her not to do was 
I wish that I had embraced everything in the non-standard job being like, oh, weird. Today I'm figuring out how to ship a pallet of this. Oh, weird. Today I'm figuring out how to do the branding or the ad buy of this. Like having a non-traditional job where you kind of have to figure everything out. I wished that I had embraced it more of this will all be a culmination or the collection of skills that I will have in my tool belt to make me incredible at anything I do moving forward. And some of the things I had compartmentalized being like, man, I can't wait to forget about this and never do it again. And that was only, that was a big disservice to me because I didn't realize how valuable all these things combined would be for anything. And yeah. Like, you've done a great job like explaining the reckless event. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah. Like you used all the things you learned from everything. Yeah. I think that's a great way to like look back and make yourself feel better about <laughs> like really traumatic experiences. <laughs> but also I think it is important to, if you do know or you at least think you know what you want to do, yeah. then you should consider whether or not something is valuable to you. Yeah. Right? Like if someone tomorrow was like, yo, Andrew, I have like a crazy auto detailing business where we detail, you know, we auto detail exotic cars and and we need someone to work. And so it's kind of like a one man job where you'd have to go wash all these cars and it doesn't really pay good. Yeah. On the surface, you're like, that sounds f- terrible. Yeah. But like, as part of the automotive industry, maybe you would meet someone you would never meet. Right. Or maybe it would just be straight up fucking terrible the whole time. Yep. Or, but like to your point at like Crooks and Castles, like retouching in Photoshop. Did you really know that that would be valuable or not valuable? At the time I did. Because again, at the time, I always assumed that the better I was at everything, Mm -hmm. the better I would be as a leader. Yeah. Which, I carry that mindset as well yeah, as best as I can. I think in many ways it's true, uh-huh. but I now no longer believe you have to be good at everything. Like I think trying to be good at everything is kind of a coping mechanism Whoa. because like you're just like worried that you're not really fit for everything. Whoa. But I'll say this, like I have a good friend of mine who a couple years ago got a dog mm. and he's like, I need to learn how to like train this dog. And I'm, I'm thinking about taking these classes and, um, you know, I got to get like the belt and, you know, the the collars and all this and that. And I was like, nah, man, you should just pay someone to do that. And he was like, well, and I was like, hey, man, you don't have to be good at everything. Yeah. Like if being if being a dog trainer like fills your soul, mm-hmm. go for it. Mm-hmm. But if this is something that's stressing you out and it's bumming you out and you just all you really want at the end of the day is a trained is dog. a trained dog One singular trained dog. Yeah. Just yeah. go be a better videographer and like charge people more money and then pay for it. Dude, that drama yes. was always very good at teaching us that mm. this idea of like having a goal in mind is very important mm. because without it, you don't really know where you're going. Yeah, that's haunted. I don't know. Yeah, it just does that. That was that was haunted. Yeah, it's <laughs> but the listener, the speaker just went. Mm. I hope they heard that. Yeah, I don't know if it will. It might. Was the candle out. always on? No. Oh, that's scary, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little. I should have warned you. It seems like new construction, but this was actually built in the late 1800s, and it's very haunted. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Have you ever seen a ghost? I've never seen a ghost, but I've experienced uh, supernatural things. Well, uh, should we talk about that right now or should we save that for later? I want the drama lesson, but then I will tell you. Okay. The drama lesson was just have a goal. If you have a goal, it's easier to see what will add up to get to that goal. If you think that just doing something to do it makes you better, 
that is many times not true. Mm. So I didn't just get a job at Crooks and Castles because I thought that's what I had to do. I was like, this is an intro level job where I will get to learn how to do a skill that will get me in an industry that I want to be a part of because one day I want to be a creative director or own a brand. Yes. And although my bigger picture goals changed and I no longer wanted to own a brand or necessarily be a creative director for a brand, that skill still serves where I'm going. Mm. Right. Yeah. So there was a goal and it was adding up towards a goal. And even though the goal changed, it still worked out. Yes. But if you're just you got seven out of 10 of the things you needed. So, yeah. so what? Yeah. I was telling someone this the other day, not to make this whole podcast about drama, but <laughs> one great thing he was good at was being able to say no to seemingly golden opportunities. Oh, really? So people would come to us for a partnership or some sort of brand deal, or uh, it was a person that wanted to do business with us. And it seemed like it was just like a beautiful thing served up on a platter. Mm. And he would just be like, no. And at the time I was like, I don't understand why you would say no to that. Yeah. And looking back, it's because he had a vision of where things needed to go and what he needed to do with the business that I was not privy to because I didn't need to be. Whoa. Did that drive you crazy or were you just like, not bad? I yeah, I was I like, should. dude, I mean, to be honest, and I probably told him to his face, I was like, it just felt like you were being an idiot. Wow. But it was because I didn't understand our brand voice as yeah. well as I do now. I didn't understand that, you know, partnering with this person seems cool because they're cool. Yeah. And I just wanted to like partner with a cool person, but like right. and not our audience about. don't, our audiences yeah. don't cross over or they don't actually have a good audience or they don't have an audience that's tuned to buy things. Yeah. Now, All again, no disrespect to him in either side, but now as you tell the story, clearly you learned a lesson from it and being able to say no. But in the moment, do you think that that was you being young and naive not knowing that? Or do Absolutely. you think that as a leader, he could have done a better job sharing the full vision? I'm curious of that. I think that especially the position I was in at the time, there's stuff you just don't need to know. Like, hmm. why did I need to... I, and sometimes I would ask him and he would share the reasoning with me. Okay. Right? Yeah, so it wasn't like he was like keeping information. No, 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 no. Cool. No, but, but. He just wasn't oversharing and like wasting time. No, for a leader, you saying no, that's it. Right. What right. is like this new, this new phrase we're teaching people and like no is a complete sentence. <laughs> for drama, he would we'd be like, what do you think about this? And he would just be like, no. And we might feel defeated because we just wanted to please our boss. Yeah. And if I went to him afterwards, I was like, I don't understand. And he'd be like, here, listen, mm. this person does this, but they don't do this. Maybe they don't sell on this platform. They want way too much money for what we're trying to do. This is how much things cost. If things cost this much and they want this much money, it just doesn't work out. Mm. Sure. They're on TV, but like, do their, does their audience purchase stuff? Like he'd, he'd give us those answers. Yeah. So now in hindsight, learning that lesson. Yeah, in, in hindsight, it no. makes more sense now. And it just speaks to the idea of like, you have to have a goal. Yeah. You have to have some sort of goal in mind. Yeah. And although you might not get there in a straight path, right? you'll never get too far mm. not knowing where you're going. Yeah, like maybe your goal is north. Like maybe you'll go a little bit northeast or a little northwest and it's not direct, but like you're still heading in that north. Yeah. Wow. 
That's cool. So like along your career, like, yeah, cool. You've had a little bit of a left and a right and a whatever, but like you've still always had that North. Yeah. Like I've, I knew early on that college wasn't for me, Mm -hmm. that I wanted to do something in arts, fashion or entertainment. And I wanted to live in LA Mm -hmm. and like get to do fun stuff with my friends. Yeah. And I ate shit for a while and like maxed out credit cards and ate at 7-Eleven. Yeah. And things started to work out slowly but surely as time went on. Mm -hmm. If at any point I wasn't sure of those things, I could have just quit and become like, you know, gone back to college and become a nurse or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I knew from the beginning, I was like, I want to be here. Mm. And I don't know exactly how I'm going to stay here, but my bigger goal is to stay here. Yeah. is to like be in this world and make fun stuff for a living and yeah, make my life work around that, those ideas. So in that sense, like that's very fulfilling and you've very much accomplished that. Yeah, for sure. That's amazing. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I feel very accomplished. It fucking, I mean, hearing all of this, I'm like, yeah, goddamn right, you should. Like, mm. it's, But it's really cool to hear that. Yeah. Because I just like, I love, particularly in your story, that you've so fearlessly tried shit and you know like cool you did a podcast or you did a that or a this or a that but like you are so aware of really where you wanted to end up and that analogy of art like you've just chipped away the stuff that isn't it and it's really showed you in all clarity the thing that it is and you've found yeah. a really unique way to have all of that yeah but all of that is is hindsight so right at the time yeah. you're like this is the thing man yeah, fuck. vlogging here we go right here's the first vlog of the rest of my life holy fuck. and then like 10 20 vlogs in you're like i don't like this anymore wow and then there's a moment where you feel defeated and you're like here i go again man starting something and not finishing it but i think if you're sure that you're not quitting because it's hard mm-hmm. and you're sure that you're letting something go that truly isn't serving you that's important like i'm not here to tell people to quit stuff that's hard oh my god because like and that's and that's on a decision only you can make you just answered that question so well though of like when it's time to ditch something like you've done so many things but the way that you just explained that is such a beautiful way to think of when it is time to ditch something i think i experienced a lot of that younger with some friends, like seeing them do things that I thought were their dreams Whoa. and then changing their path and talking with them later. I had a friend who was going to go pro skateboarding mm. and just kind of fucked it off, like couldn't stop partying and would get invited on trips to film and would just kind of like blow it. And then I talked to him years later and I was like, what happened, man? And he goes, I didn't realize it at the time, but like, I didn't want that. Mm. So he's like, uh, ac- not accidentally, but like subconsciously like sabotaging that. Yeah. And I think I wouldn't recommend subconsciously self-sabotaging any your life to anyone. But I think you will try things that you think are going to save your life and like change everything. And if you're lucky, you'll realize it's for you. But you could also be lucky to realize it's not for you. As long as you're being honest with yourself. Yeah. As long as you're doing it for the right reasons. As long as you're not quitting because it's hard or like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why they say that you really have to love what you do. Yeah. Because it's going to suck. It's not going to be fun. Yeah. I'm sure even you have experienced like 
you have friends that live normal lives and have regular families and you know may not have moved to LA mm -hmm. and they look at your life and they're like dude it must be so fun and like I'm sure work still sucks sometimes I'm sure doing this podcast sucks sometimes dude like three weeks ago I was ready to throw in the towel on yeah the it's gonna suck yeah so that's why you really do have to like it a lot yeah. so you can go it just sucks but like this is still worth it yeah you know this is still what I really care about it's what I like to do and I do think that like if you know that true north of what you're trying to do you always do kind of know like the difference between this isn't serving me and I'm not quitting because it's hard versus I actually can't quit right now as hard as it is and as bullshit as it is because it still is the thing. Like, yeah. I think you do have that feeling and you kind of know when it's time, right? I think with a lot of things, you know, and there's stuff that I've quit before that I look back on and I go, maybe I'll pick that up again later. Oh, whoa. That's a cool way to look at it. Like, it's not permanent. Like, you go, nah, man, you got so much time, dude. Whoa, there's so I've much never, time. I've never thought about it like that. Holy shit. Yeah. There's some, like we said, there's some stuff with a window. Right. Like my like basketball career is probably over. Right. And you're probably not going pro skateboarding. Maybe not. Yeah. But dreams of starting a brand or, you know, starting a television show or maybe you want to yeah, travel more, all these things. Everyone's so young nowadays. Like you could do that. You, yeah. you still got time for that shit. Holy shit. That's and then to like full circle it, like say you were to decide to start a television show. Now, all of a sudden, like all the funny shit you've done with the Y&R commercials and all the like TikTok bits you've done and all these things is just more ammo. It's just another skill and it's more experience that would make you that much better at the time that you're ready to do it. Yeah. That's fucking sick. Yeah. Damn. I never thought about it like that. Of Like if you if you stop doing something that you're not fully quitting, you can pick it back up too. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Well, actually, though. Yeah. Unless there's a reason. And then I don't know. Consider it, you mm -hmm. know. Right. Yeah. Like maybe don't go try to go pro again when you're 40 yeah or like if you're you know maybe you uh if you want kids yeah maybe you should get some stuff out of the way first sure yeah yeah i guess like be real with like some very big like we all are all gonna die and know like timelines of life and things like that i suppose i mean like casey neistat wasn't famous until he was like 35 or something yeah wow you yeah, know or yeah, like you hear, all, you hear all these stories about people that make it later on in life like You've got time. Mm. As long as you're doing something and you think it's going in the right direction, like, you know, slug it out, try harder. Don't quit just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you know you should. And I think I believe in people's guts. I think you know, you know when something's right, you know when something's wrong. Mm. If you don't, you're not listening well enough and maybe you don't know yourself well enough. That's fucking huge. But you could just always look back on your life and spin it however you need to make yourself feel better for tomorrow. Dude, this was amazing. This was really, really good. That was cool. the best fortune cookie retelling I have ever heard. You know? That's great. I do my best. And was that like two thirds fortune cookie or like how much did you- No, that was of? that was all the fortune cookies. Okay. That was like the first before the ad. Okay. And then after the ad break, a lot of that was like stuff I've read on the back of a shampoo bottle. Okay. Or like, you know, stuff an old guy said on the mm -hmm. bus, uh -huh. stuff like uh -huh. that. But- I hope it works. I hope You've you can done clip a something great out. Great job retelling it. You Thank truly you. Truly have. Thank you. Where can everybody find you if they want more of your fortune cookie knowledge and shampoo bottles? You can find me on the internet. My Instagram is Maximum Wild on Instagram and TikTok. Those are kind of the only social platforms I really use mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for the time being. I do believe, I don't know, I don't know how secret it is, but if people are in Los Angeles and into hiking and, and, whatnot i believe there's a hidden society i have a secret hike club yeah every sunday we go on a hike 
Mm-hmm. You don't know where we're going until the night before. Do you plan that? You're not supposed to tell anyone about it. Like, do you know? Like, are you the one that chooses the path? Yeah. Oh wow. Is that a lot of pressure? How many paths are there? Nah, there's there's a good amount. Yeah. There's a lot of trails in LA. Okay. Yeah, come on a hike. Yeah, maybe I should. It's fun. Yeah, I've been known to like the outdoors. It's easy, man. Right. It's easy enough. Hiking is kind of just going for a walk, is it not? Dude. What's the difference? Don't get me started on that. You just literally walk up to the top of a mountain and turn around. It's there's no point. It's it's just going for a walk. It's right? pointless. Yeah, walking on I dirt. I mean, I like it. Yeah. But like I find that funny. When Feet I lived in dirt, Florida, man. you'd never say go on a hike. You'd just be go for, go for a walk. Maybe it's the elevation. Mm. It's probably the Yeah, elevation. I feel like the more vertical it is, how vertical, I don't know. At what point are you climbing? For me, I always say feet to dirt. Okay. If you're putting feet to dirt, it's not just a walk, it's a hike. Uh-huh. And if you have to use your hands, yeah. it becomes climbing. Okay. Right? So this is a secret hike club, not climb club. You're rarely using It's a hands. secret hike club. We're not using our hands at all. Okay. You okay. could carry a coffee the whole way up. No way. And if you carry a coffee cup, yeah. people will think you might live there. Wow. Oh, maybe Andrew lives here. I could. Maybe he's just... Just taking the long way up. Yeah. Shoot. Wow. Well, that's great. So that's another part of your life. Yeah. Hope to see you on the long way. There you go. Neil's story. Damn it, I'm inspired by him. It was so rad to learn this story and to hear about all the behind the scenes moments that our lives had like tied into each other and didn't even know it. Just everything he shared. Like I literally, I left this conversation so inspired and so excited. And I don't know, sometimes you need that. Sometimes even in doing this podcast, I'll have certain guests where I leave it and I'm like, oh, this is why I do it. And I I very much feel that way with this one. So if you got value out of it and you liked it, definitely hit him up, shoot him a DM, let him know, send him a thank you. Let me know, send me any feedback that you like. I love to hear it. If you want to go above and beyond, there's a couple things that you can do that help me immensely. The first is simply sharing it with a friend anywhere. Let them know in person, send them a text, post it on social, anything. Sharing this is so valuable, so helpful. Let's me continue to have rad guests. Let's the podcast grow. That whole process is so helpful and all it is is sharing it with a friend. So please do that. If you want to go above and beyond, you can rate and subscribe to the podcast anywhere where you're listening. Spotify, Apple, leave five stars, YouTube, subscribe, all that good stuff. You know how it works. But if you haven't already, that is very helpful. And there is a Where Are All My Friends Patreon, patreon.com slash Where Are All My Friends. And like I said, this is the first podcast that was brought to you by a sponsor, which is such a cool feeling. So go ahead and check out Manscaped. All of the stuff is linked there. I genuinely love the product. So that's cool. I definitely don't want to vouch for something that I don't. So check that out there. And with all of that said, thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode.